Welcome to the Picture Book Look Podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirstie Call. Together, we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Do you dream of creating picture books that will change a child's life? Start with your own. Learn how to write the story only you can tell at this year's Picture Book Summit, a world-class online conference for picture book authors and illustrators. We hope to see you there on October 2nd, 2021. Visit picturebooksummit.com for more information. Feeling stuck in your creative journey? Needing to change your narrative? Everything you want is possible. As a therapist-trained life coach for creatives, I'm excited to help authors like you create clarity and build self-confidence so you can achieve your dreams. Kirstie can help you get the drama out of your life and into your art. Visit kirstiencall.com. That's K-I-R-S-T-I-N-E-C-A-L-L.com and register for a free consultation today. Hooray! I can't wait for us to work together to get you where you want to be. Hey, Kirsty. Hey, Kim. So with a year of pandemic behind us, it feels like so many people are struggling with grief and depression. It's so true. And sometimes we just feel like floating away. Today's book, Balloons for Papa, written by Elizabeth Gilbert Badia, illustrated by Erica Mesa, is the moving story of a boy and his papa who is struggling to find his smile. I love how bibliotherapeutic this book is and how the topic resonates with everyone. It really does. And I love how the art adds so much to this beautifully sparse text. We're excited to chat with Liz, Erica, UK editor Allie Bryden, and US editor Luana Horry about the creative process behind this important book. Let's talk. Liz, we're going to start with you. The author's note in this book sheds a lot of light on how personal this story is for you. Can you share with us um, a little bit about the inspiration for the story? Writers, as we know, inspiration can come from anywhere. But for Balloons for Papa, my inspiration came from two vivid memories of mine and my children's compassion toward me during tough times in my life. Throughout my life, I've suffered from some mild bouts of depression, but as I wrote Balloons for Papa, there were two memories that came to mind, and one was my very young son showing compassion toward me when my newborn daughter was crying inconsolably, and I had tried everything and nothing was working. But what I remember the most was him saying to me, are you okay? Can I help? You know, it was such a simple, thing. That's so but sweet. At the moment, yeah, it made like all the difference in the world. And it's not that he was going to solve my problem. It was the fact that somebody cared at that very moment. That was one of the memories. And then very similarly, my husband a few years ago was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer. And anyone, you know, who has been diagnosed with cancer or caregivers of those who have been know the daunting task ahead of them and and the mountain ahead of them. And so we were all pretty much reeling from that. And it was my daughter who I was dropping her off at school shortly after my husband's diagnosis. She got out of the car 
and turned to me and said, Mom, I'll be strong for everyone, especially Dad. And then she shut the door and trotted off to school. The tears started, (laughs) you know, and that's just a mom thing. What struck me, again, with Jacob and with Grace's responses are not how sad I was or how out of control in those moments I felt. It was more their insight and that kids can have those big feelings and show the compassion, you know, that they did. And that's what shaped the heart of Arthur. Wow. Beautiful. That's really beautiful. So, Allie, did you acquire the book in the UK? I did, yes. We want to know what made you want to acquire it. I'd seen an earlier draft of Liz's manuscript, actually, before I started Upside Down Books, which is a children's book imprint focusing on mental health and well-being. And I was in the early stages of building this imprint, I was looking for book ideas everywhere, like as you do when you're really hungry as, as an editor for great content. And I remembered Liz's text about Arthur, and I remembered Liz's compassion just as a person and as a writer. And I reached out to see if she would be willing to work with me on it a little bit to make the story just a little bit more in line with what Upside Down was trying to do. Because I'd seen that there were sort of kernels of that in the story that I had seen already. And Liz took it and ran. She's an amazing writer, but she's also an amazing reviser. <laughs> Liz does so many drafts of her stories to get them to really shine. And so, and Liz and I are also in a critique group together. And I've seen some of her manuscripts with file names that say draft 29 at the end. No <laughs> wow. joke. <laughs> Liz, am, am I telling the truth here? Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> and she did the revision. She sent it to me and I took it to my acquisitions board and it was a total shoe in. I think everybody was crying. We all shed tears and we all loved the story. And we thought it really represented parental depression and the hopes of children in a really real way. And we were able to acquire for Upside Down, which was amazing to be able to work with Liz on it to publish it. Wow. (laughs) So can you tell us what the illustrator selection process was like? Yes, this is exciting too. So it all happened really fast. I think I acquired the manuscript from Liz in June 2019. And I think I signed up Erica by the end of the summer or September. So sometime during that summer, Erica's agent sent me some new work of hers. And it was this kind of experimental style that I had not known Erica to be doing before. So she was really sort of like spreading her wings and doing this new style. And I was totally blown away by it. The delicacy of the art, her limited color palette, which Liz and I had actually already discussed for the story. So I thought, oh my goodness, I think Erica would be perfect for this. And I knew she was the one. And thankfully, she was interested in joining our little team to make the book happen. Love it. That's a great segue into, Erica, (laughs) our question for you is, what was it about the story that made you want to say yes to working on it? Well, I have to admit that I would be lying if I didn't say this. I received the email and it was basically my agent saying, hi, I've just been contacted by Ali Bryden. And I was just like, yes, (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy to do it. I don't know what it is. I'm fine with it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, Just because we had known each other before. And I knew she was really good to work with, but we had never worked fully in a project like this. So whatever it was, if she had asked me to draw cars, which is my nemesis, I would have done it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when I opened the manuscript, I was basically, my mom was visiting and I just told her, you know what, hang on, because I need to read this. I just need to reply and uh, say what I want to do, whether I want to take it or not. And I just read it really quickly. It hit home straight away and I just basically turned towards her and it was just like can you give me a hug I need a hug right now it's such a rare story I think because in children's publishing we tend to 
try and present a very happy side of life to kids and it's always wonderful and magical and it's always you know the best amazing unicorn contest and there's always so much energy I think we tend to try and protect them or shield them from very dark subjects and yet this one was doing gracefully what I had been yearning to do which was to tell a very real emotional story that could help kids actually understand this sort of things so yeah there was just no way that I wasn't going to do it it was just perfect and I am so thankful (laughs) it's such a beautiful bibliotherapeutic book and you did such a fantastic job so Luana we want to know how you became aware of the story and what was it that made you want to acquire it in the U.S. So I received this from Marlene, and I think she was the rights person at the time for Trigger. I was lucky because I received the book fully done, and so thank you, Allie. I mean, the text (laughs) is beautiful, and Erica's art, I think that really elevated the text in a way and stole the show at, at acquisitions. I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in the room. So I knew that we needed to have this, but I was just like, how fast can we do it? And Erica has some exciting things in the works. And so I was like, can we work with her schedule so we're not overpublishing? It really wasn't a question of if we were going to do it. It was just like, when can we do this? Wow. For me, just personally, like my sister deals with depression and she has a six-year-old. And my niece, is I mean, she's author. Instead of balloons, she draws pictures, she gives stickers, she gives kisses, hugs. Like that's her way of saying, mommy, everything will be okay. And so it just spoke to me personally. And so acquiring it was just a very natural thing for, for me to do. And thank you, everyone, for blessing us with this book. I mean, not to toot our own horn, but it's already received a starred review Amazing. Yes, loved it. So, I mean, you know, it's Kirkus, right? Right. Um, Amazing. It's just just got such a great reception from the acquisitions room to the design department to the rest of the world. And so it's just been so great. And I can't wait (laughs) to come out. Deservedly so. It's beautiful. And Liz, can you give us a look into what the writing process was like for you? The way I kind of go about my stories is very, very simplistic from the start, you know, and then I kind of funnel in various ideas, concepts, and things. So for Arthur, it was simply that. It was a childhood want. It was a balloon. My kids loved balloons when they were little, and I love balloons, and we love seeing all the brilliant colors, you know, in the bundle and such. Literally, my first line on the page was, Arthur wants a balloon, and that was simple. And so he wanted a balloon, and then, as picture book writers know, we need something to stand in his way of that want. And, of course, then I put in, but Papa said no. Obviously, all of us who are parents, we have to say no. (laughs) We can't always give in to all the wants of kids. But then, you know, obviously things were missing, right? So I needed to answer those whys. You know, why was Papa saying no? And why did Arthur want a balloon? Was it simply the childhood want or was it much deeper and more layered than that? And that's when the heart of the story started coming together. And as I mentioned, those memories of my own children drew the heart together and provided that emotional arc for Arthur as he tried to understand why his papa is sad and also what maybe small difference he could make whether it's a balloon or a card or a hug, or I think kids so want to just help. They're such compassionate beings. After that, 
the story started to evolve and I worked with Allie on some revisions and I couldn't be happier. Hooray! (laughs) So Allie, what was the initial editing process like? We kind of did a little bit before acquisitions. So after acquisitions, there wasn't really much to do. I'm sure that we tinkered with the text a bit, especially after sketches came in and then after her final art came in, just to make sure you're telling the story as gently as possible. There were, I think, moments when Liz and I took a look at the sketches and or the final art and said, hmm, I think we don't really need this word anymore. We don't yes. really need this small phrase because the art was able to do that. That's wonderful. Luana, was there any additional editing that needed to be done to bring it to the U.S.? Yes, I think I had a similar experience in which there wasn't a lot to do except, you know, Americanize the text, right? But the biggest change for our book was the title. And I was hoping for a book that even though it featured this young boy, that it could be relatable. I was like, what about removing author's name from the title? And Liz is totally open to that. And it really made the sales group happy. I totally agreed with, you know, having... As little text as possible, because it's really those black and white backgrounds and those pops of color that um, help drive the visual narrative, really allowing the words and the art to play off one another. It was really just well done start to finish. Agreed. So, Erica, can you give us a look into how you create your illustrations and the illustration process for this story? It was essentially just going back to the joy of putting pen and ink on paper and allowing the paper to do the rest and to just let little mistakes happen with the ink or with the water or with the eraser or whatever, rather than just digitally. But here for this specific book, Ali gave me the best possible direction she could have given me, which was just do whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, seriously? Seriously? Because I had so much freedom, I needed to direct that. And I ended up writing a lot and developing a whole visual language for the book that is not necessarily obvious, but is there precisely because the text was so sparse. I thought I need a lot of impact in the images and to choose the details mindfully because my idea was, again, I think we all have at some point, but I've suffered from depression and anxiety and whatnot. And you have the impression that you become invisible. And so I wanted to turn dad into that so you know his hair is really really light and his face is almost you know you can sort of see he hasn't shaved in a while and whatnot and then also all of the elements that had something to do with something sad would be geometric so it would be something that could hurt you if you weren't careful his jumper his sweater for example he has got a kind of broken pattern throughout because he feels broken inside but himself he's sort of disappearing you know so I had a lot of those and I also needed to kind of balance that as well so it wasn't just the balloons which obviously were going to be the colorful element and were going to be obvious but it was also a matter of okay so what is joy what does joy represent for me how can I draw different kinds of joy and you know the very subtle joy the very happy explosive joy So those became the patterns that I ended up using for the balloons themselves. So it was all about just basically allowing the background to be very organic in terms of the clouds, but everything else to still be within that language and uh, and to kind of use it mindfully rather than, okay, let's just stuff it all. And yeah, I was really, really happy with how it came out, but specifically I was happy that 
the characters managed to transmit that relationship that they had between the two of them and how it has evolved through the book. Yeah. And I love how that ray of light can make all the difference in your life. Well, we're on to our last question. Luana, we'll start with you. When someone reads Balloons for Papa, what do you hope they feel or learn? I hope that they feel seen, but I hope that they also feel compassionate. Very important. Allie, how about you? When someone reads Balloons for Papa, what do you hope they feel or learn? I hope children feel and know that they can affect their grown-ups' lives in a really positive way, even with a small gesture, just like Arthur does in the book. I kind of want the, a young reader to feel that they have power um, and power to bring positivity. Erica, we'll go to you next. The only thing that I can possibly add to that is it's just a matter of perhaps make them feel a certain unspoken connection. That would be brilliant. Okay, it's your turn, Liz. What do you want people to feel or learn? I hope that the story gives the readers and their parents hope and also acts as a conversation starter between parent and child to talk about those big feelings. A big thank you to Liz, Erica, Allie, and Luana for joining us today and giving us a look into the creative process for Balloons for Papa. Check out the show notes to learn more about Liz and Erica and their other beautiful books. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And we would love it if you would leave us a review. Thanks for listening and happy looking. Picture Book Look is produced by Kirsty Call and Kim Chafee. Music by James Call.